I'm beginning a series this morning, uh, and I get this title, Great Things, from a very important passage in the Old Testament that represents a long-awaited promise that finally comes to pass, okay? We're in the book of Joshua, first couple chapters. A long-awaited promise. You know, the Bible says this, familiar passage to many of us, I think Isaiah 55, God's ways are higher than our ways, that is mankind, you and me, and God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Now, what does that mean? that God's ways are higher than our ways, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It means this, okay? That although God loves you, it's a fundamental a teaching in the scriptures, that although God loves you, this is where, this is where the, the question of whether or not God loves you is sort of put to the test, he doesn't always do things the way that you want them to be done, right? So this is a creative way, a poetic way to say that. My ways are not your ways, right? I mean, a parent would say that to a child, right? Looking at Chris, who's got a lot of kids over there, right? I mean, how many times would you say to your kids, all six of them, they don't understand you know, electricity. They don't understand, you know, traffic. They don't understand all kinds of things. My ways are not your ways does not mean I don't love you. It means that there's a big difference between who I am and what I know and who you are and what you know, right? I, God loves us, but he doesn't always do things the way that we would like him to do them, nor does he always do things on our timetable. However, Back to this passage. We're looking at it in a minute. God does keep his promises, okay? He keeps his promises. He sends the sunshine. He sends the rain. He opens up opportunities for your life, for us as a church, when we're ready for them and when we're ready to take action on them. And the Bible has many examples of this truth that I'm telling you, right? That God is not holding back from you. God is not holding back from us as a church, right? God sends his opportunities when we're ready for them and we're ready to take action. And there's many opportunities, many examples in the Bible. Crossing the Jordan, our focus for the next five weeks, is one of the big ones, okay? It's one of the big ones. Speaking of, you know, my ways are not your ways. My timetable is not your timetable. The people of God were in waiting for that promise for 40 years, okay? 40 years. But here's the funny thing. Think about your own life. About long-awaited promises that finally come true in your life. The funny thing is, is when they show up, right, in your life, in your marriage, in the life of the church, when they show up, very often we are not as ready as we thought we were, right? Have you ever had that kind of experience, right? The job comes, the money comes, the girl says yes, and then panic sets in, okay, <laughs> often, doesn't it? Why is that? Why is that truth often true, not only in the individual life, but in the life of a congregation like ours? I think it's true because we are often, think about this, more comfortable with the very imperfect and predictable wilderness than we let on in 
our lives. We choose the devil we know, okay? You understand that concept? We choose the comfortable. We choose the predictable. We choose the devil we know over the wild uncertainty of God doing a fresh work in your life or in the life of our church, right? But God is saying to you, God is saying to me, I think God is saying to us, I want to push you forward, right? I think we are at such a time in the life of our church, and that's what this series is going to be about. That's what this passage is going to be about. Not only in my life, in your life, in our families, in our church, and in our commitment to want to reach more people in this community. Joshua chapter 3, you have a copy of the Bible, uh, whether in your hand or on your device. Read these verses with me, Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Joshua 3, 1 through 8. Ready? Crossing of the Jordan, big moment in the history of the people of God. Early in the morning... Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before the crossing over. After three days, right, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it right in front of you, you are to move out from your positions and follow it, right, into the Jordan River. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Now, think about this for a minute. Uh, there's 600,000 men, two, maybe 2 million people. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, when Joshua says this, right, they're sitting in front of the Jordan River. Think about this. If you know your history, 40 years earlier, they went through the Red Sea, right? The great story of Moses. Every person that went through the Red Sea except Joshua and Caleb are dead. None of the people that went through the Red Sea are here. It's a first-time experience for all these people. They'd never gone through, walked, seen God part uh, a, a body of water and walk through it. But what is he saying in this passage? Then you'll know which way to go since you've never been this way before. It's not a, it's not a reference about geography. They knew this geography. They lived for most of those 40 years a stone's throw from where they are right now. He's not saying you've never been this way before. You've never seen what's on the other side of the Jordan River before. What he's saying is you've never been this. You've never believed this about God. You've never had these kind of expectations about God. You've never been in a place where it's going to require a larger faith for you to do what God has asked you to do. That's what he's saying. You've never spiritually been to this place before, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it, represents God's presence. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of the covenant and pass it on ahead to the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them, and the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Go and stand in the river. First thing that this passage teaches us 
as a congregation, and maybe you in your individual life, is this. To claim new territory as a person in your faith, your faith walk with Jesus Christ, as a congregation, which is what we're talking about these five weeks, we have to take greater risks. That's really the point of this point. God, why aren't you showing up? I've had this promise. I've been sitting on it. I've been waiting about it. I've been praying about it. When God, Because God doesn't do it until you're ready for it and you're willing to take action on it, right? That's the point. Are you ready to take action? Am I ready to take action? Are we ready to take action as a church? Keep in mind, in this moment, right, for 40 years, the people that walked over the Jordan River, they were paying a high price. Why were they in the wilderness for 40 years when the distance between the Red Sea and the Promised Land, it only take 11 days to walk it? Okay, it's nothing, right? It didn't take 40 years to get from point A to point B. Why did they do that? They were paying a high price, that is this generation, for the lack of their parents' courage to do what God said 40 years earlier. That's the whole reason they waited in the wilderness, if you know the story. They were paying, and they had heard their parents, no doubt, all those 40 years as they were growing up, a stone's throw from the promises of God saying, oh man, it, you kids just don't know what it was like. You don't know when we sent those spies, those people were big. Those nations were big. They had fortified cities. They had giants in the land, right? You don't know what it was like. They paid a very high price for their parents' lack of courage. But let me tell you something. What Moses is saying, or Joshua is saying here, and I'm saying to us, right? We talk about the promises of God, long-awaited fulfillment of promises of God. It doesn't work this way where God says, listen, this is what I promise you. This is what, I, this is what I'm putting forth to you as a congregation. It's not as if you go to sleep one night. This is how we'd like it to be, right? You go to sleep one night and in, in, in one place, and you wake up. And you have been transplanted, transported into the promises of God in that new house, in that new place. You just wake up and you're there. That's not how it works, right? God does not promise us an obstacle-free life. That's what some of us are waiting for. Not at all. In fact, they sent spies in both times, and 40 years earlier in here in this, in Joshua chapter 2. They sent spies in so that you would know, I would know, we would know as a church, there are real obstacles, there are real difficulties, there's even enemies out there. God doesn't promise us an obstacle-free life of faith. He doesn't promise us as a church an obstacle-free uh, desire to go out and see and reach this community. He says, listen, this is what I promise you. There will be obstacles. There will be difficulties. There will be challenges. He says, I promise to go with you, right? I'm going to take, be with you in those obstacles so that you can face those obstacles. You can mount those difficulties and you can advance your life and achieve the purposes that I have for your life. That's what the life of faith is about, right? And unless you and I are going to get serious about it, right? If we really want to go somewhere different in your life, you want to go somewhere different in your marriage, we want to go somewhere different in the life of our church, you're going to have to take greater risks to get there. And to take greater risks, you're going to have to have a greater faith because you can't do it, right? What did God promise the parents of this generation? If you read Joshua chapter 1, he said, listen, it's scary, it's difficult. Three or four or five times in Joshua chapter one, he says, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. God wouldn't say that through the voice of Joshua, right, if the people didn't need courage. But this is what he said. 
Every, this is how specific it was, every square inch of this, everywhere where you place your foot, talking about geography here, I have given it to you, you see? He says, listen, I'm going, I promise you, I am going to go with you and I will be with you every single discouragement, every doubt, every fear, every battle, I will be with you. I've all, it's as good as done, I've given you every square foot, but you have to join me and go forward. That's what God's calling you to do. That's what God's calling me to do. I think it's what he's calling all of us to do. But you must decide it's what you want. We have to decide it's what we want, right? Do we want to see Brown? This is an awesome church. If this is it, we have, we have a gym full of people. Hello, gym people. Morning. We're freezing out here, okay? Listen. This is a, this is a, this is a big church right here. This right here in this gym is bigger than 90% of the churches in this country, even though there's all these mega churches. But guess what? Of all the churches, this is bigger. It's not about size. Do we want, so we can just be comfortable. Good night. We got a nice budget. We got a nice new building. Let's just ride this into heaven. Or we can decide that this community, my community, I live a mile, three, two or three miles from here, two miles from here, that this community is chuck full of people that look just like you. Go to your schools, right, Lise? Go to all these schools, all these uh, communities that are, are, are so far from God, so far from an understanding of the gospel, and they're on their way to a godless hell. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? If we do, then let's get real. God says, listen, if you're willing to go, I will give you every square inch of this community. If you're willing to join me, yes, there's obstacles, yes, there's challenges, yes, there's difficulties, but I am with you if you're willing to do it. That's really what God is calling us to do. We have to, be, we have to want to do it, and we have to acknowledge, that's what these five weeks are about, that you can't do it on your own, that you need God to do it, and then we need to take action. You know, I'm having my, my this is a funny story, but it, it illustrates this point of taking action. I'm, I'm doing some work on my house, uh, renovation, and this one guy, I got to meet him through a friend, he's doing some work, very, uh, just, he was at my house for about two weeks, and I just, you know, I'd come at the end of the day and see his, his work, and he's, you know, he had this huge the half of the living room was set up with, you know, his, his seven different, you know, tools, and he did very good work. So only one night we just started talking and just getting to know his story late at the end of the day. And he said, I said, tell me your story. He said, you know, I've, I think he was about 40 years old. He is about 40 years old. And he said, you know, I started this right when I got out of high school. And he said, I just started working here and right here, not far. My very first job was not very far from right here in Penfield, where you live, uh, Rob. He said, um, and I decided this is what I want to do for a living. And I, and I knew there was a guy who was sort of an expert um, a, a carpenter in this area. And he said, I found him. And I went to him, this little brash little 22-year-old. He said, and I went to him and I, I found him on a job. And I went up to him and I shook my, took my hand out and I introduced myself. And said, I'm so-and-so and I would like to be your apprentice. And I said, wow, that was bold. I said, what did he say? And he said, the guy looked at me. And he said, son, he said, you'll never work for me or for anyone on this side of the city unless you take those things out of your face, right? He had piercings in his face. <laughs> and I thought, what a bold thing to say. How, so, how anti-PC, you know? How dare you, you know, tell that man, you know? I thought, what's good? I thought to myself, what did you say? I thought, I cold cocked him, you know, or whatever. I said, what did you do? 
He said, I went home, I took those things out of my face, I cleaned up and I went back the next day and I shook my, I stuck my hand out and said, sir, I'd love to work for you. And he said, he hired me. And I worked seven years for him as an apprentice and I owe all my success to him. That's what we're talking about, guys. Are you willing, are we willing, right? If God says, listen, I got an opportunity for you, but are you willing to receive it? And are you ready to take action? That's what I'm talking about uh, for us here today. We have to have a decisive faith, ready? It's not someone else's turn to serve, it's your turn. It's not someone else's turn to give, it's your turn. It's not someone else's turn to start sharing your faith with people who don't know him in your neighborhood, it's your turn. And until we all decide that's what we want to do, right? If you wanna take new territory, you gotta take greater risk. We're not gonna get there, but if we do, God says there is not a, every, place, every square inch that you place your foot, I'll be there, we'll do it together, but you have to take action I have to take action, right? First point, if we want to take new territory, we've got to take greater risk. Second point, quickly, in this message. If you want God's power, that's what this point teaches us, this whole series of chapters, we have to go God's way, right? That's the point. When he says to these people in verse four, it sounds to you and to me like it's sort of overly prescribed. Listen, stay so many cubits away. Let the ark of God go first into the water. How silly, how gets, get on with it. What's the point? Is this some sort of you know, overly elaborate ceremony? No, there's a point here. The ark of the covenant, maybe some of us don't know this, but what it, it was a, it's an ancient piece of furniture but there's trans, it means something still today. Inside this ancient piece of furniture, okay, was the Ten Commandments, okay? And this was before they had one of these, okay, floating around. And it wanted to make a point. It represented not only God's will. God's will is not something you find in a, in a cereal box. It's not something you find by watching television. It's revealed. God's will and God's presence were represented in this very elaborate moment, right, was simply saying, listen, unless you understand this, unless you can screw this principle down into your heart, unless you understand that, listen, with God, all things are possible. Let me say it again. With God, all things are possible, right? You, 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 you and I have one of two choices. We can sit in the wilderness in our lives we can decide the devil we know is more comfortable, it's more predictable. Yes, I don't really like it. Yes, it's the same old thing day after day, day in and day out. I'm not really seeing victory in my life. We're not really seeing the kind of growth we'd like to see in the life of the church, but who cares? Because at least it's predictable, at least I understand it. Or we can decide we're gonna face the obstacles and the difficulties, and we're going to do it God's way. Can, some of us don't really believe that God's power can show up in your life. You, you have for, you, you, some of us have given up believing that God's power, that's what was demonstrated in the Jordan, by the way, and it was demonstrated in through all of the campaigns in, in the promised land. It was a demonstration of God's power. I promise you, if you or I saw, you know, the Genesee River part and it was standing up in a heap, so much so that the, 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 the ground was dry and you could walk over, that would impress you. That would be a demonstration of God's power. And God said, listen, that power is available to you. It's available to me. I, I don't know if we believe that anymore. 
I talk to people all the time, whether it's about their marriage, whether it's about their lost brothers and sisters or their neighbors, and really what they're saying, if you listen carefully, is God isn't in that business anymore. God will never do that with me or for me or for us, right? If you want God's power, if we want God's power, we need to go God's way. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Um, Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. Same passage of Scripture. Same, same series. The same, the same sermon. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Okay? He's talking about God's word revealed to Moses. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now watch this. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I don't mean this in some Madison Avenue way. I'm talking about being what God wants you to be, accomplishing, the, experiencing the promises of God for your life, experiencing the promises of God. What is it? Peace, power, purpose in your life. So listen, but careful. Then you will be prosperous. Why are you not as prosperous in the right way of understanding that term? Why am I not as successful as I ought to be? Why is that? Well, because we have a superficial relationship with God, that's why, right? Keep going. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I'm not promising you an obstacle-free life, church. I'm promising you that I will be with you in the obstacles and the challenges in the advancement of seeing God's vision for your life, for our church, realized. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you, will be with you. This is the key. Wherever you go, Psalm 139, in, if I make my bed in hell, you are there, right? So I don't know where you are today. I don't know how much of a pit you're in, how, how difficult your life is, how much you have screwed it up, or how much you or I have been hiding from doing what God wants you to do. But guess what? I'm with you wherever you go. Do you believe that? Do I believe that, okay? Verse eight says this, I wanna just, tease these out and we're almost done. What does it mean if you want God's power, you gotta go God's way, all right? He says in, these, in this verse, right? Keep the book of the law always on your lips. First thing we need to do is you need to talk about it, right? Do you talk about it? Do you talk about God's word, right? You gotta talk about it. When you... When you uh, um, Keep this book always on your lips. Now, what does he mean by that? Keep this book on your lips. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a clever way of saying something. He's saying, listen, you've got to, is God's will, God's word, is it part of your conversations, right? Do, is it, does it part of your everyday conversations? Are, do you have counsel, advice, insight? Are, you, are, there, are there constructive criticism coming from other people in your life? Do people encourage you? Is it a part of your daily conversation or is this it for you, right, on a Sunday morning? If this is it for you, okay, it's not gonna change your life. You gotta talk about it. It needs to become part of your daily conversation. Pete and I, we talked about for the last five weeks. Do you have people in your life who can look you in the face and say, listen, Kurt, Colette, you can do it. You can make it. You can achieve it. You can get there. You're not alone. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's join arms and you can do more than you think you can do, right? Are you talking about it, right? Number two, 
You need to think about it, okay? Now, what was this? Now, he says, use the word meditate. It's kind of an old word. Meditate. What does that really mean, God's word, right? It means this, guys. You've got to take it from your head, and you need to screw it down into your heart because that's where you live your life. You don't live your life here, right? This isn't where you make your commitments. This isn't your passion. This isn't where you get angry. This isn't where you get fired up. This isn't where you, where you, where you jump off the cliff. It's for here. Unless you can take the word of God, the truths of God's word, and, 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 deep, and embed them in your heart, right? That's what he's saying. Pete used that verse last week, right? Unless you can, you know, as, as you sit at the table, as you walk along the road, you need to be talking about it. You need to find ways to apply the word of God and get it down into your heart, right? Do you do that? I, I still carry in my pocket, you can ask me when you see me, um, this, uh, a little cross, Okay. Sounds very pastor-like, I guess. But anyway, a little cross, right? Someone, a missionary gave this to me. Now, I want to tell you something right now. There ain't no magic in this cross, okay? <laughs> if I give it to you, it ain't going to do anything for you. But I'll tell you why I do it. Just, it's just my, one of my small ways. One, one of the verses I've been thinking about over the last two years or so, 2 Corinthians 4.10. I carry in my body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed, okay? What that is, is it's, it's a clever little way to say, listen, I have sin issues in my life. You have sin. I, if my sin's been forgiven, but my sin hasn't been conquered, right? I still have doubt. I still have fear. I still have uh, inappropriate thoughts. I still have, uh, you can't do this, Rob. You, you're not good enough. Whatever the case may be, I have sin, and what I need to do, I need to practice. I need to screw down the truth of God's word. I carry in my body, the death of Jesus, so that his life may be revealed. Now, this isn't with it. This is just a reminder. And I just, it's just my little reminder to say to me, I feel it on my hip every day to say, as sin challenges as come into my life, I want to take those and I want a manner of speaking, bring those to the cross of Jesus Christ so his power might be revealed. That's one way to do it. How about the love of God? I, if I asked you right now, raise your hand if you believe in the love of God, I don't think there'd be a hand down in this room. But has it changed your thinking, right? Do you, have you taken that truth and screwed it down into your heart? Right? I am convinced, Romans 8.35, I am convinced, are you, that neither death nor life, nor the present nor the future, wow, nor anything else in all creation shall separate me from the love of God. Do you believe that? If you really believe that in your heart, it would change the way that you live, right? How about discouragement? How about um, personal defeat? Or, um, you know, uh, beating yourself up about what God has called you to do. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, 1 John 3, 20. Ready for this? Sally, you could probably quote it, right? If your heart condemns you, your heart ever condemn you? If your heart condemns you, guess what? God is greater than your heart. He knows everything. What a promise. Do you know that? And can you access it? Have you screwed it down into your heart? You didn't think about it. Lastly, 
You need to practice it, right? That's the point. You need to practice it. Then you will have success when you do it, right? What did Jesus say when he washed the disciples' feet? Now that you've seen me, your Lord and Master, wash your feet, blessed are you if you do it to others, right? You gotta do it. Listen, this is your, this is your assignment for tonight. Go home and take those stupid things out of your face, okay? Right? <laughs> Practice it, right? Practice it. Put God's word into practice, then you will have success, right? Then we will have success. If you want God's power, if we as a church want God's power, I do, I think you do, we have to go God's way. But you know what? He's with us. With him we can do all things. Lastly, as we prepare for this table, okay? We need to prepare your heart for great things, right? You need to prepare your heart. See, we, 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 we do a lot of life on the, on the fly. We do a lot of life. We wing it, man. Especially those of you who got little kids, you know, you think, gosh, you know, you have five minutes to yourself every day. Well, get better at it, okay? You gotta be intentional and get creative about knowing God's will and about uh, memorizing and meditating God's will and doing God's will, right? We need to prepare our hearts. This is what Joshua says. This whole five weeks is about preparation, but he said, listen, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. He's saying, listen, your job, God's gonna do the amazing things. He's gonna part the sea. He's gonna give you the strength to accomplish um, these obstacles, to be with you in these difficulties. He's gonna show you where your limits and his limitlessness meet. He'll do that. But you gotta, you gotta prepare your heart, right? What does consecrate your heart mean, right? Consecrate yourself. It means you need to dedicate yourself or dedicate the areas in your life that you've been holding back on, the areas maybe that you've been living in the wilderness on, and say, God, I'm, I'm done managing my life. I'm done trying to run my own life. I'm going to dedicate this to your purpose, to your service. I'm going to dedicate it to you. That's what it means. It's not about what you can do or what I can do. It's about a willingness, right, to consecrate, to set it apart and say, God, here it is. Here's my life. Here's my marriage. Here's our church. We give it to you. Consecrate yourself today for tomorrow. God's going to do great things among you.